Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, we explore some of the gender and sex labels that we're hearing a lot more about and might not completely understand. Hey, I'm still learning as well. What does it mean to be gender fluid, non-binary, cisgender, trans femme? Well, my guests today bring a fabulous and fresh perspective to explain what this all means socially, politically, and historically. Of course, we also answer your sex and relationship questions. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Okay, guys, stop what you're doing and pay attention. I'm about to tell you how to get the ultimate blowjob experience. No, it doesn't involve Tinder or some questionable hookup. I'm talking about the latest innovation from our friends at Fleshlight, the all-new Turbo. The Fleshlight Turbo is specifically designed to closely mimic the feel of oral sex, and it does it like no other product on the market. The Turbo's secret weapons are its three distinct sensation points. Okay, get this. One at the opening that simulates lips, one a little deeper to create the pressure of a tongue, and then there's this change in the opening where it feels like a throat. I know, stop the presses. This actually exists. You just drop on some lube. You know, I always recommend Joe's water-based lube for use with toys. And then you settle in for that ultimate blowjob experience. The turbo even features holes around the opening where you or your partner can use fingers to vary the pressure. The combination of the turbo's three sensory spots, the ability to vary the pressure, and Fleshlight's ultra-realistic silicone will blow your mind. Guys, do yourself a favor and check this thing out. Click on the turbo banner on my site or visit fleshlight.com to order yours today. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com because it's a party there. Every day we're updating it. We've got new blogs and videos and stuff going on there. It's really easy to also subscribe to the podcast. It's really important for us that you subscribe. It just helps us out with the show. And I know that we're all super busy every day and there's a lot going on. But when you just hit that subscribe button, it doesn't really change anything for you. It just means that you'll get two episodes a week and you'll know when they're available. But it just helps us with uh, with life and the show. And I can keep it free. It just helps. Got it? Thanks, guys. I so appreciate it. Also, follow me in social media. It's all at Sex with Emily and Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and Twitter. And um, we have a good time there. We document everything that goes on here. You know, we get like 20 pounds of lube delivered, our guests, all this fun stuff happening. Also, we have a sexy contest going on this month because it's October and we know it's all about Halloween. So we're doing a contest. We want to know your sexiest tricks or treats. So you can email me and say, you know what? I've got this go-to move in the bedroom that works every single time. Like this one thing I learned I love or like I can only have multiple orgasms by doing this this one move or I this is my go-to blowjob move maybe that I learned and no one else knows about. I just want to hear what works for you. And then treats. What's your favorite like accoutrement? What's something that you need in the bedroom every time? Certain toy, condoms, lube, like a sexy piece of like lingerie, underwear that you're like, oh, every time I wear this, it's just amazing. So I want to hear from you. Sexy trick or treats. 
Email me feedback at sexwithemily.com with the subject Halloween and enter by November 1st. And you know, I always give out the best, sexiest prizes. So do that stuff. I appreciate it. I love you all. Thanks for listening. And I'm jumping in the show because I'm so excited for my guests here today because I just met them and I already like love them and want to be BFFs. Um, one of them I've been very close with already. I have Max Landworth here. And Max is a friend of Sex with Emily. I've known Max for a while now. We met, we've done some production work together and he's just, he's a great guy and I really support Max and all the things he's doing. It's a socially conscious production company and he's just really smart and he has a movie called Elle that he's doing around gender fluidity and I wanted to expand my knowledge around it and also help all of you and we've got some people here that's going to speak to this and we're going to have a, I already know it's going to be a fascinating, illuminating conversation for everybody. So welcome Max Landworth. Thank you, Emily. I am so glad to finally be on your show. I can't believe you haven't been on it. I know, it's been three years four years yeah. since I've known you. I've helped you with the production stuff. I've been in the office. You've helped so me move much. into the office too. I helped you move into the office. I helped you move out of your place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now I'm on your show I and know. I cannot believe it. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having us. Well, of course, this was the time because you're doing really important work. Thank you. So let's talk about the film, introducing our guests here. I'm going to let you start. Cool. So yeah, we are working on a feature film right now called L, and it is going to be one of the first films, if not the first film, to specifically talk about gender fluidity and how that relates to interpersonal relationships. It's also the first film, as far as we know, designed to inform LGBTQ allies and the general public about gender fluidity and non-binary identities. But it's told in a way that's not preachy, and it's very fun and adventure-filled, and everyone's going to have a great time with it. So with us today, we have one of the actors from the film, Donnie David, um, as well as one of our trusted allies and advisors, Jacob Tobiah, and we are so thrilled to be here. Thank you for her. Thank you for being here. So I think we have to first start by, I want to just define some terms. So even you might have just lost people when you even said gender fluid, binary. Like I kind of want to go through some of these things so they even understand. They're going, I don't know what that means. I've heard some of that. It's confusing. So let's talk about it. I would love to talk about it. <laughs> um, and I think one of the biggest things to point out right off the bat is that the terms, while there may be a lot of terms, it's nothing to be scared of. It's nothing to reject right out. It's just... It's a new language that we all want to learn to help everybody else feel comfortable uh, and to accurately describe how people feel and how people identify. So it's just being mindful and being a better person. So everyone should just be open to it. Absolutely. Because we talked about like being sexually fluid on the show. Mm -hmm. We had a guest on Nico Tortorella. Do you know Nico? Oh, right? I love Nico. I love Nico. I mean, how hot is Nico? It's and it's absurd. It, it, it's yeah. like ridiculous. Like he was in I here and it was it. like, I literally almost like had an orgasm on the show with him. But I didn't really, but I wanted to. But anyway, so we talked about that and about how, how he's, you know, he sleeps with men and women and transgender. It doesn't, he's kind of open. So we talked about that and I think that people get that, but let's talk about the difference maybe between gender fluid and sexually fluid if you want to start there. Sure. Um, or wherever you feel yeah. like it might be comfortable. Yeah, well, you know, I I <laughs> do so not much. identify as non-binary or gender fluid, so I can only speak off of my own research and my own uh, communication with people who identify that way. So I will definitely let Danny and... Uh, Jacob kind of take the reins with it. So, Jacob, 
Welcome. Yeah. So do you, can you tell me about your story? Introduce yourself? And Yeah, well, um, my name is Jacob Tobiah. I am a writer, producer, author of forthcoming memoir, Sissy, um, with Putnam Books at Penguin Random House. I only introduced myself that way because I am damn proud of it. Um, As you should uh, be. Yeah, and I'm sure that Donnie and I are similar in this way in that I use like a gazillion terms to describe my gender identity, right? For me, it's like, I feel like, if we're going to make sort of like a very campy Sarah Jessica Parker kind of analogy, um, Please, I feel like I think analogies might help people. No, analogies are my favorite right? thing. Like Best. I like my writing. If you don't like analogies or metaphors, my writing is insufferable because my whole life is just like analogy after analogy, after metaphor, after metaphor, explaining how my identity came mm. to be what it is. But I feel like the sort of sex in the city metaphor would be like, you know, for me, labels around gender feel like purses. You know, you have one or two that are your go-to that you use all the time, but like you want a collection, you know, you want a lot of different words to describe who you are. You want a lot of different um, accessories that help illuminate to the world around you, you know, how you understand yourself. It's, so what are some of your purses, your accessories around gender? So I use the term genderqueer like all the time. Um, I use the term trans to describe myself. I'm fine with the term gay, actually, in a lot of contexts, because that and that was so much a part of my historical experience. Um, I use the term femme. I use the term trans feminine. I use power femme, sometimes goddess. You know, every now and then I'm a... Okay, but that's know. so... Right. So, okay, so... That's great. Yeah. You have all the options, but I'm thinking, okay, so gay was the first one where you started. Mm-hmm. Like, what about your history? Let's talk about when you started figuring out that maybe you weren't like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And what age was it when you're like, I'm not sure if I'm attracted to men, women, mm-hmm. if I even identify as like a cisgender male. But or I'm not cisgender. cisgender. You're not cisgender. Yeah, but we can talk. But we can I'm talk so about confused. It. See, already. No, it's fine. So here's the thing. I mean, like, a the language See, is complicated. Like, it's, it's so. Com- I'm already. Ta- I already thought I understood that part. No, no, no. So right. I mean, I think the thing that, like, you know, the thing that, um, I the way I feel about gender language is it's kind of like it's kind of like the internet. You know, it's like there's new terms that are emerging Every all day. the time, and and it's and not that angry. we're it's not that we're like making new things up. It's that we're just like having different ways of talking about getting information, you know? So I think what we have right now is all this language is, is sort of emerging. So we have more to ways to talk about what's already been going on. So I'm not cisgender because cisgender means that um, if you're assigned, you know, you're assigned at birth, everyone, at least in Western medicine is assigned male and fe- or female by a doctor, right? And so the, you were not identified as male. I was identified as male. But, I thought so, that's what it means. Well, if you're no, born as that gender. Cisgender is about how you feel about how you were assigned. Oh, okay. So if you're a cisgender, you See? like what you were assigned and you okay. feel comfortable in the gender identity that quote unquote correlates with who you are, right? So like when you're assigned male at birth by a doctor, everyone assumes that you're going to grow up to be a man, right? And that that, that man is going to feel comfortable for men, you. Right. Yeah. And the same thing with female and woman, right? And so the idea is that you're like part of the trans spectrum. You're part of the trans community. If in some way, shape or form, you don't really feel at home with the or, or don't identify with the gender that's supposed to go with your sex. Right. So you, yes. So everyone else was like, you're a man, you're a boy. Yeah. Wait, when you were a kid, yeah. you're like a boy, a boy. And then at what point were you like, I'm not so sure I'm a boy. I mean like super early on. Like what age? Some, sometimes people, their experience is very much like, it's like, oh, like I am a girl, right? Like some people are like, I was assigned male by a doctor and I know that I'm a girl. Right. And that wasn't quite mine, right? See, like this is what I'm saying. Cause people with trans are like, it's one or the other. Like I was yeah. born as a man, but I think I'm a woman, but but this is why we're talking about like you didn't you kind of felt both. Yeah, so why must what, I choose? And that's what we're talking about, gender fluidity. Yeah, and that's what gender fluidity is all about. It's about sort of expanding the idea that transness isn't just like, it's not just an express train from like, you know, from like Boston to New York, right? It's not like a one one path kind of like, you know, you try and get there as fast as you can from one spot to the other. You know, my gender journey is like, I feel like a bumblebee. 
You know, I'm just like buzzing around and I'm trying out a lot of different things and landing on a million different flowers. And I'm really excited about all the pollen that I've collected on my haunches. And I, and I want all the experiences of gender because I, when I was a child, I didn't know what a word was for my gender identity, right. but I just knew I had gender coming out of my ears. You know, I just had so much gender. I was super masculine at times. I was super feminine at times. Like day to day? Yeah, like my dream day as a kid was like go run around in the woods behind my house, like play with like sword fight with sticks, get super dirty and like running around the creek, play with some bugs, scoop some clay out of the creek bed, make a pot for my mom, go pick some flowers to like put the in, the in pot. one day. Yeah. Then go like shower off or like, you know, get clean because I don't want to make the house, you know, a mess. Right. And then like play with some cute Barbies, watch a science film and then like, you know, go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's that. I love that. So that was yeah. a great example. Where did you grow up? I grew up in North Carolina okay. in Raleigh. So your family, like, could you probably couldn't even really put words around it. They're probably like, "What is going on with Jacob?" Like, they probably didn't understand. Neither did you, right? Or were they like, "Oh, they support? Did they support you?" Like, sure, pick flowers, roll in the mud. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I was born. You know, I was born in like 1991, right? So okay. when I was a child, there certainly wasn't like a big conversation about the trans movement, at least in, in, in broad no. ranging culture. No. And so I, you know, a lot of it was like, I think my dad just kind of was like, okay, this is something that Jacob's going to grow out of, right? Like this is an experimental phase. And then my mom was kind of, I think she saw that it was more, but her struggle was different because she wanted to affirm who I was naturally. She wanted to like affirm my femininity and my masculinity. She wanted me to feel whole, Love but it. she also knew that if she did that, she'd set me up to live a life that might be harder. You know, I have this story that I tell all the time and I, and I write about it in my book about when I was a kid and you know, I went to Toys R Us to get my Halloween costume with Mm -hmm. my mom and she asked, you know, like, well, who do you, who do you want to be for Halloween? And the, there was one year when I took a risk and I was like, I'm going to ask to be something that I know I shouldn't ask to be. Um, how old were you? I was seven, I believe six or seven. And I had just seen the film at the time. And and let me give a preface that I'm not encouraging anyone to practice (laughs) cultural appropriation on Halloween, but I was seven and was not as uh, politically informed as I am now. So 1998. So I had just seen Pocahontas, right? And all I knew, like no one, if you're white and you're listening to this podcast, do not go dress up as a Native American person. Not cool. Never cool. Not a good idea. What I knew about Pocahontas, though, at that age was just that like she was the most badass of the Disney princesses, you know, because Mulan hadn't come out yet. Um, And like, you know, she was like she ran around the woods and I ran around the woods and she loved cute little dresses and I loved cute little dresses and she talked to trees and I also talked to trees, you know? So it just sort of worked for me on a lot of levels. And so I looked to my mom in this, this very tender, this very tender moment and say, you know, kind of all with all the courage that I have, knowing that I'm walking out on a limb, I think, I think I want to be Pocahontas, you know, because I saw the costume, Mm -hmm. it was right there. And I was like, I think this would be great. And she, you know, she had to decide, Mm. okay, I can say yes to my kid and affirm who they are. But then they're going to have to, A, we're going to have to tell their, you know, their, their dad about this. Then they're going to have to walk around the neighborhood in a dress for, with that, for everyone right. to see. And like, can my child or can I, as the parent of this child, survive that? Like, right, well, like, will this set up my kid to have a really, really hard, terrible life? And so ultimately, she kind of looked at me with that the really kind of like sad look of concern, you know, when parents would have to say no to you. Um, and she was like, well, could you be another character from the movie? And of course, I was just like, Mom, that's so dumb. I don't want to be anyone else from that movie. You think I should be John Smith? John Smith mm. sucks. Like, I don't want to be John Smith. Are you kidding me? And so, you know, I, I think that that kind of sums up how my parents related mm-hmm. to it. You know, like... So what, were you Pocahontas? No, I didn't. I can't even remember what I went as, okay. but it was something... Because I was so bored and a little bit heartbroken that I don't even, I don't even remember what I ended right. up going as. Because it's so year. hard as a parent, I'm sure. Because I sound like yeah. your mother so loving, loves you, sees who your spirit is, wants to support mm-hmm. you, and then... 
and just doesn't society, know how. Right. And, you know, we had to grow together in that way. Right. Okay. And yeah. I think that's one of the most fascinating things from my journey, you know, understanding all this is how young kids that's, are when they yeah. start, when they are, you know, kids are very smart. They're very in tune with who they are. And it's learned behavior that really deters them from expressing yeah. who they really are. And the kids who identify as trans or non-binary, you know, they have the hardest time in schools. I think... I think it was uh, a study came out from Gender Spectrum, uh, a national organization, and I think they said 74% of transgender or non-binary kids in school feel uncomfortable even going to school because of their gender expression. So the kids are the ones who are really facing the the brunt of this. Right. Well, I have a question for you then, and then we're going to get to Donnie's story into one minute. But the, the question is about trans versus non-binary. Now that there is this gender fluid umbrella that people can kind of identify with as well. Do you think that there's some kids who are like, oh, I thought I was trans and maybe I'm more gender fluid? I think or do that, you think it's, is it just sort of depends on the person? How does that? Yeah. I mean, I think some, some people think of themselves as trans and then, and then sort of realize actually I'm That's sort of I'm more wondering. in the middle. Okay. Like in the middle feels okay for me and sort of having a little bit of both feels okay for me. Okay. Like there's totally people for whom that's their journey, you know? And sometimes I think people act like, because I'm in the middle, I'm somehow threatening someone else's ability to say, no, I'm a trans woman, you know? And I'm like, no, no, like this is not a mutually exclusive endeavor. Right. You know, like we can have our cake and eat it too in this situation. I'm allowed to be sort of mid, to feel myself to be sort of mid spectrum, to be kind of between, um, or, you know, like a combination of genders that doesn't stop anyone else from being like, no, I'm a woman. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like we're not challenging other people's idea ability to identify how they currently identify. I don't think we're, ch- I'm just wondering yeah. if it's more, if it's been this great thing for some kids who are like, oh, I'm just, I only know trans right now. So that's, I'm thinking, but maybe I don't, sometimes I feel like a woman and sometimes I feel like a man. Maybe they thought I had to choose because I was born as a boy, but sometimes I feel more girl. So I had to choose, you know what I'm saying? So from my understanding and Jacob, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong transgender can kind of uh, apply to that general umbrella of right so that's uh, the umbrella that's the overall and then within the trans umbrella there's binary and non-binary so a binary trans person would be somebody who is assigned male at birth and wants to transition to be female right or vice versa that's how i always understood whereas a non-binary trans person may fall under the gender fluid gender queer pansexual, any any of those. Uh, we should put a flow chart on the website. Can we, we do can't, that? I have access to really? so many of Let's them. Let's do that, that you guys. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I think this is really important information. If you're like, what? Well, I mean, I'm still learning. So that let's do that. Which again, I mean, it's not always so cookie no, cutter. it's really not. But, but as far as like a general yeah. idea, it helps An at idea. least figure Visuals. it out. Okay, Donnie. Hi. 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 I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. So tell me here. about your story. Um, well, I was born in Iraq. 1989, and then uh, we refugeed from Turkey to Sweden. So I grew up in Sweden, and I came to LA seven years ago. Okay, and then so what about your upbringing? When did you start feeling like you were born as as a male mm-hmm. in in a hospital in Iraq? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, um, yeah, as soon as I as I remember, age of four in Sweden. Okay, in and what happened? What were you? What do you remember feeling at age four? I immediately started to experiment with dressing up uh, in the kindergarten uh, in dresses and always immediately attached to the girls. So Okay, so then you were dressing up, and then yeah. how were your parents? Well, uh, I mean, they're Assyrians, so they're Christian, Greek, Orthodox. So, But my dad and my mom, 
my mom was because they're Middle Easterns, you know, so mostly yes. the 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 male in the family is, you know, they're gonna be in charge most mm -hmm. of them. But like my mom wasn't sure what was going on, but my dad was very strict. He was like, no, 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 no. Okay. So so then you left and moved to California eventually. <laughs> like <laughs> no, everything's okay now. No, I grew up in Sweden like till okay. the age of twenty one. Oh, okay. Uh, but I I went through a lot with my parents for them to accept me. Um, and now they accept you. Yeah, now they're good. Yeah, now. Okay. But I had to educate them. I'm and sure. I had to make them understand since the age of four, you know. So tell me more about the conversations with your parents and some of those Well, challenges. my dad was very like, because I immediately started playing with Barbies. And I was more like, a, I was very, very feminine. So I wasn't actually interested by the age of four, five, six uh, to be with the boys or, you know, it was later I started to discover that, okay, you know, like I like soccer because my brother is a soccer mm -hmm. player. And then I started joining that and then I was with the girls again. So that's when I found the fluidity. The more the fluidity. So now yeah. you're with, some days you identify more male. Uh, I would say, yeah. Female. Right. But most of the time I feel, I define more as a female. Okay. But, uh, but at the age of four or five, I was immediately like, oh, this is, uh, I, I just I don't know I don't right. know how it was but I fell in love with hanging out with the females and dressing up okay uh, so let's talk about then the, the, the history of gender fluidity because just because we're talking about it now does not mean that it's, a, it's necessarily a new term or new concept not at all yeah. <laughs> so let's which talk is, about that which yeah. is one of the the funniest things I think I've heard so many people say oh this is all just a trend with millennials and it that is ridiculous it is such, right? it's so exactly. ridiculous yeah. this I mean the history of gender fluidity while it's had different names thousands of years and has been accepted in other cultures around the world even today it's accepted so I know um, in Native American culture there's uh, uh, two spirits um, in uh, ancient Hindu scripture, it's uh, Hijra, which is a third gender. Uh, it's in the Quran. Mm -hmm. They talk about this. And, and in those cultures, um, these people who identified as, you know, what, what we would call uh, gender fluid are people who um, were held in sacred, esteemed positions within the community. They were people that uh, would be advice givers and prophets or yeah sort, sort yeah, of sort of prophets mystics yeah. but yeah. they would be held in high esteem mm -hmm. uh they would be you know renowned members of the community that would provide guidance right which i think is, is and fascinating. the same thing that happens is the i would think it gets repressed by people who are confused the white man's kind of like in, women in, feminine energy yep. and, yeah. in in um in ancient india when the british came to colonize it that's when it really kind of became suppressed and same with in, in the Americas when the British came and took that kind of identity away and then we categorized them in two little boxes. Yeah. Male or female, pink or blue. And like and, and enforcing gender norms was actually like a huge part of the colonial project. Right. Because you know, you had these indigenous cultures that were like, we see gender completely differently and they were like, No, you have to see it the white way. Right. You exactly. have to see it the like white, the, the white way, way or the white way. The, <laughs> the white <laughs> Yeah, the the white way, which is right. not the right way. Right. Um yeah, and and so I think it was, you know, like it's it's interesting looking at even just the way that that you know gender is often i think i think uh left out of his history in the way that we understand it you know like i you know we don't teach necessarily that oh like 
part of colonization, a, a strategy of colonial rule was to enforce the gender binary really rigidly and recruit everyone to start using it, you know, but like, like that's not taught in a lot of, I mean, it's taught in like really, if you go to like a really great, you know, like university maybe, um, right. and have a really great professor, but like certainly isn't taught in like, you know, world history in high school about the history of it. Right. You know? No, not at all. Yeah. Like the idea that, that gender fluidity or that, you know, gender nonconforming people or gender queer folks are new. It's like saying that green tea is new just because matcha lattes are right. like, now the hip thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? I it's had like my first one yesterday. Yeah. Right. Um, but it, yeah, but I, I understand what you're saying. So what is happening now then? Why now? Like I know Max, you're brave. You're making this film. L. Mm-hmm. Everyone can check that out. L. L. The movie.com. L. The movie.com. But so what do you think is happening right now? Like politically, culturally, where do you think this is the time? Like, do you think this is where people are really ready to hear this and understand it? I mean, I know there's a lot, we have a long way to go. I feel like even you know, transgender issues are even more so in the forefront right now. People are like, oh, I kind of understand that. But this is like another concept I think that people are kind of wrap their heads around so why now and what do you hope to see well, happening I mean it, it feels to me like a lot of where this is coming from is that you know the internet doesn't solve everything I'm not I'm not going to be one of those people who pretends like the internet's going to solve every social justice problem but there there is a degree to which being more connected globally and, and being more connected to other people helps folks I think understand from an earlier age that like they're not the only one because a lot of times I think what it feels like I don't know if this is how you felt Donnie when you were a kid but when I was a kid there were moments even though somewhere in my heart I knew like, no, 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 there are other people like me. This is not weird. This is normal. This is good. Um, there were still moments because I didn't have like another like, you know, gender nonconforming friend to run around not. with right. in that same way. Like there were moments when I thought, but maybe I am weird. Maybe maybe this isn't normal. Maybe this isn't okay. Mm. And nowadays it's like, you know, kids are on Tumblr by the age of like by the time they're eleven, yeah. you know? Right. And they're like, they're seeing like they're seeing all this language at such an early age. And right. and and I just think that's so great. It's so good for people's mental health. It's right. so good for community outcomes. You know, it's so good yeah. for like self-esteem. And and I think that, you know, we're going to see this generation that's grown up knowing that this was possible, that's grown up understanding themselves yeah. in all these nuanced ways and not feeling alone and feeling empowered. Like, and, and, and we're just going to take, like, you know, take on the world. Right. Yeah. Cause that also leaves it to when you feel like you're the only weird one in the whole entire community and like a small town, that's when I started questioning like, okay, there's probably no one like me. I'm a woman then, you know, there's nothing else for me than to transition I'm a I'm a trans woman but then when you feel that there's more and more you grow up you see around you that you don't actually have to choose a box you don't have to choose to be a woman or a male it's okay to float between and, and I think it's important both... to see around people that right. they are like you so you don't have to just go to trans right you know you know what I mean the opposite gender right, exactly you can, you can actually kind of... be okay with what you're floating around with. And then even just outside of gender, I can't say that the experiences are the same, but for me growing up in Florida in high school, before I came out of the closet, it was the same feeling. It's that feeling of- Just say gay. Yeah. Came out of the closet gay, right? We didn't didn't talk about you. No, we didn't. Gay is just so, everyone gets that. Yeah. (laughs) I know, it's so (laughs) easy. Gay is like, what else? They think they get it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. True. Um, But it was that same feeling of being isolated, of not sure, there's nobody else like me. So it's that same- Yeah, it's that same same fear and that same insecurity yeah. mm-hmm. that really that it all stems from but then i mean to to danny's point the whole point of our film is to show that people are just people that people exist outside of the boxes mm-hmm. and the labels and yeah i mean the the whole premise of our film is that 
It's about a clueless marketing strategist in San Francisco, and his job is literally to label and categorize mm-hmm. people. And after his longtime girlfriend leaves him, he's forced to find a new roommate and ends up forming this unlikely friendship with his new roommate who happens to be gender fluid. And they go on all these adventures in San Francisco together, and it opens, his, opens up his eyes to the truth that people are so much more than the labels that we give them. Mm-hmm. All of these terms, all of these things, they're just words on a spectrum. You know, gender spectrum, political spectrum, racial spectrum, religious spectrum, everything all exists on a spectrum. And if we continue to divide ourselves up based off of those labels on individual spectrums, we have no chance of ever growing and learning and thriving. And that's Mm -hmm. the whole point of this film is that we have to see past those labels right. to yeah. develop okay, I saw like a, Exactly. So I saw a scene, I saw the scene when Donnie, you meet your roommate, your roommate comes out and you're in a dress. Like he, you know, he had you, signed you up as his roommate, thought you were a man, like a, you know, and he's mm. like, oh, but now you're wearing a dress and it's so confusing. And you're like, well, some days I wake up and I wear a dress and I feel like a woman, am I feminine? Yeah. And some days I'm in the masculine. And how realistic is that in your life? Or would you say for people, like, do you feel like days you, I'm just curious how it rolls for you. I love that question. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Me personally, I feel my style of what I, uh, as a trans feminine non-binary, my style is very, very like tomboyish as a girl. I love your whole style. Like I want your boots, I want your shirt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not very like, uh, um, in my life as Danny David, like I'm just, uh, I don't wear like dresses or anything because for me personally, I don't feel like that's my style. Got it, right. Do you know Which what I mean? Is, I get it, right. Yeah, like every like a normal cisgender mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. The, uh, but I, there's so many times where I, I can literally see the change in my energy and like, for instance, like going to a gay club, right? right? Like I go to a gay club, I have sneakers, I have a little bit of a five o'clock shadow, mm-hmm. still like growing a little bit heavy beard. And like a cap and a, just a, a t-shirt mm-hmm. with my friend. I, I immediately appro- being approached differently than right. I am when I go with my heels, right. tight skinny jeans and a crop top. I uh, Immediately, that's the girl's bathroom I go right. to and I'm right. okay with that. And right. then I go as a male looking. Uh, I float. You float, right. I go to the groceries. I'm just like, okay, a sweater and a cap. I feel so good because I'm just like, right. okay, whatever, you know. Uh, and it's for me, it's not like, oh, I'm choosing. Right, it's, it's not your choice. It's, exactly, it's, it's how you feel inside. in the moment. Like I'm today, like, I'm like, do I want to wear heels? I wear my overalls. Really easy to put yeah. on. Like, I get it. I get. The, it's just it's, like something <laughs> in, inside your soul that is just like right. I can't be explained. Mm. I, I get. I'm trying. What's I'm trying to explain to this? Yeah. Well, I want to understand also like dating for both of you. Explain that to me. Like, who are you attracted to? Does that change as well? You know, men, women, trans, fluid. What? Tell me. Yeah, I mean, like dating for me has been, it's it's very interesting because, you know, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, I feel like I wear a little too much lipstick for the gay boys and don't have the it's right gold, equipment though. for it's the straight boys. It. You know, like it's kind of this interesting thing where, you know, probably the people that I should be dating are like, I think likely like, bi or pansexual or, or, or sexually fluid dudes, right? But the reality is that while there are like a gazillion people who are actually bi and pan and sexually fluid, like there's like maybe five or six who are like out, you know, right. and who like are like, who are, who are like, you know, self-actualized and like living openly and dating openly as bi or pansexual folks, right? Like if you go on, you know, like OkCupid or Tinder or something and search just for bi people, like for bi guys, it's like pretty, you know, it's, it's pretty slim pickings. It, um, yeah. And, and that's, and that like mathematically, we know that that's not related to like the actual amount of bisexuality True. in the world. We know that that's related only to the stigma around bisexuality right. and, and pansexuality. And there is a, st- yeah, there's a yeah. stigma with everything. So I, with all, all of this, I think that like yeah. in the gay community, like you can't really be bi, then you're just gay or yeah. you're, I, I well, you're understand. too femme. You're too you femme. Know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, so like, what about your sexual, like, have you been with 
men and women. The way I frame it, because I try to find like, the most inclusive sort of broad ranging <laughs> way to frame what I want. And I'm like, I'm into I'm into anyone who wants to get into me. Okay. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, you've I, been attracted, but that means more, that's more reactive then. A little bit. Yeah. And that's, and that's the trouble is that I think a lot of times because I'm sort of quote unquote non-traditional, right? Because I'm sort of the new thing. I have to be really, I have to pursue really strongly when I want somebody. But like when I you're to, masturbating, what are you fantasizing about? Well, I mean like most of the time it's like, I feel like it's, you know, it's, it's for the most part, it's like masculine of center energy, right? Like that's what so I'll say call masculine it. of center energy. Yeah. Like masculine ish on the spectrum energy, right? right? Like I'm uh, into mas- more masculine more about energy. Like yeah. I really think it, I, and I yeah. understand all that. Like if you're and that's more not to say feminine. that like I couldn't be with someone who is like wearing a really fierce lipstick, right. but I need like, it's the energy that I'm mm-hmm. into, right? Like, like, and maybe calling it masculine is stupid in this day and age, right? Like a you more dominant energy. You can't get rid of energy. masculine and feminine because where the hell are we going to be? You well, can't like, get- <laughs> but I feel like we can a little bit, right? Please? Like I'm like, a, not today. Okay. Well, well I can <laughs> clarify that like, you know, it's, it's more about like a kind of like, like a dominant assertive energy, right? Because it, that's yes, not, that's not strictly that, masculine. No, you're right. You know, like if I'm, I'm, I'm very in my masculine a lot yeah, of times. I have like to be more in my feminine. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like it's about sort of energetically what you seek that's kind of people are like so what's your sexual orientation and I'm like oh god with the boxes and they're not inclusive enough and they're not interesting enough and they're not like sexy enough I'm like I, I want to talk about energetic. the energies yeah. that I want yeah, I get you know? it yeah what about you Donnie yeah I'm agreeing with Jacob um, I'm I'm very like with the when dominate I don't Male, know masculine. yeah I like yeah like quote masculine but I also am very very I can get very attracted to like um like a person uh, I don't care if it's like male or female or trans or you know all those I understand that if, if like exactly what Jacob says I, I'm attracted to energy mm-hmm. and if somebody like gives me that energy that it's like you know oh and I'm just like oh I want to get to know you right. you know that's how I would right no I, I never like go like oh you need to be a male and I will not date anyone else. Right. You know, I'm not no, like I that. No, I understand yeah. that. It is more about, it's about attraction, yeah. which is like this elusive thing. Like, yeah. why am I attracted to? I'm attracted to. And it's more like, you're just more yeah. open. Yeah. I get it. And I get the soul like, has no gender. Exactly. True. Aw, beautiful, cute. Max. Jacob, Donnie, Max. Thank you for being here. This is so fun. I'm going to take a quick Thank break. You. Give a shout out to our sponsors. Um, I love you all. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. And we'll be right back. So my new house has this huge shower with multiple shower heads, but even with all those awesome additions, it hasn't solved one problem, sex in the shower. See, shower sex sounds good on paper, but when you try to do it, it's not that easy. But my friends at Sports Sheets have created a line of products to make shower sex safer and hotter than ever. They even created a sex in the shower bundle in my honor. It has a large suction handle and footrest, so you can stop slipping and get into those tricky positions. They've also included my absolute favorite, the vibrating mesh sponge. How genius is that? And it's all packaged together at a special price. Now you can enjoy sex in the shower just as much as I do. To order your kit, head over to sportsheets.com slash Emily or click on the sex in the shower banner on my website. Can you guess what search term is always at the top of the list on sexwithemily.com? It's the womanizer, the toy that has everyone talking from my staff to my guests to hundreds of you who have emailed me. The response is overwhelming. The womanizer is incredible. I nicknamed it the clit whisper because it seems to know exactly what feels best. The womanizer uses patented pleasure air technology to indirectly stimulate your clitoris with gentle suction and air pressure. It's so effective. Some women have an orgasm in 60 seconds. We weren't sure how you could improve upon the womanizer, and now they have a new one. It looks like a lipstick. 
The new Womanizer to go has the same great technology in a body that looks like an oversized lipstick tube. It's so incognito. It makes a great gift. It's a great conversation piece and still gives you amazing orgasms. It's so cute. We've all fallen in love with it. You can just throw it in your purse. It's amazing. To order your Womanizer to go, click on the Womanizer banner on my site or find it at goodvibes.com slash Emily. Okay, let's continue our conversation here. Let's talk about gender fluidity and what's going on politically today. Well, uh, with the, without getting too political, with the current administration, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of uh, threats for the entire LGBTQ community. But in terms of the positive and the good and what's actually happening for the the community, there have been state bills uh, across the country that are starting to recognize third genders on government-issued documents. So our film is endorsed by 12 LGBTQ organizations. One of these organizations is the Intersex and Gender Queer Recognition Project. And their entire goal is to uh, increase visibility on government documents. Um, And so in California, the California Gender Recognition Act, which is State Bill 179 would enable people who are transgender, who are intersex, who are non-binary to get a state-issued identity document that accurately reflects their gender expression and their identity. Um, So that's on the ballot right now, you're saying, or it's going to be? Yep. So it passed the California Senate, and I believe it is passed the Assembly, and it is now going to uh, Governor Brown's desk. To be signed in California would be, yeah, and but it's progress. And California, if it passes, would be the second state to do it. Oregon also passed this bill, as well as Washington D.C., which was the first, which is not a state, but it's the first (laughs) place that put this into motion. Because the government documents are so important. Because you ask somebody who's non-binary to show their ID, they may not have an ID that accurately reflects their their identity. Um, And according to... So what would it say then? It says like male, female. Yeah. So if they were assigned male at birth, it may still say male and they haven't been able to get a female ID. No, but what what would it say under the new legislation? Non-binary. Yeah. In some places they have like, you can just, you can have like an X or like Mm -hmm. an NA or like Mm -hmm. an, like a, or like there's, yeah, there's kind of a bunch of different options Mm -hmm. that are on the table in terms of like, you know, across the the country and around the world too, because they have other countries have these kinds of designations, um, you know, for what, what they can look like. And I mean, it's really great because it's, you know, I feel like for me, it feels like the sort of M on my driver's license just feels like um, inviting, uh, you know, like a police officer pulls me over or inviting, you know, some like person at the airport to like give me a shitty look or to like discriminate against me or to like, you know, just kind of look at you and be like, huh. You know, like if it, it right. feels like it, it, it just it's just opening the door for them to be like, well, this doesn't this what I'm seeing in front of me doesn't line right. up with what I what I see on this paper. Right. No, and, I could see that. And then yeah. when it says non-binary, I could also be like, I, what does that mean? Like, you know, there's gonna be so much education that comes along with it. But if these bills yeah. pass, then we'll get that. But I could see that being like a yeah, have, I'm sure you guys get a lot of that. And part of me is like, you know, there are moments when I'm like, I think it's great to expand options, but I'm also kind of like, do we have to have gender on all of our ID docs? Like, you know, like, why do we really need it on a driver's license? Right. Like, what are they, what do we need it for? I was also, I mean, this is not really related, but I just saw that the Boy Scouts are now going to be accepting girl uh, scouts. Yeah. What? Yeah. They're going to be accepting. Whoa. Which is, which is amazing. So now my next question is, why can't we just have scouts? Why does it have to be Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts? And why does it have to be, you know, why can't we just have a scout? 
Aren't yeah. there? And there's already Girl Scouts. So there what's going to yeah. happen? If they're going to be like, I don't want to be in the Girl Scouts. I want to be the Boy Scouts or just the Scouts. Right? I just I think, think we should make everyone join Girl Scouts. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just everyone has to be Girl Scouts. We can I just got like kicked be out. like. I mean, I did do Boy Scouts when I was a kid, and I actually yeah, kind of too. loved it because I loved the woods and right. I loved like I loved whittling. Yeah. Um, like when you like you know like <laughs> whittle like with a knife, like make little sculptures out of soap because yeah. you learn on soap before you whittle wood. Right. And I like loved that part and like tying knots and like yeah. the arts and crafts parts of it. Right. Um, but I don't know. I feel like if we're going to dissolve anyone, like if we're going to sort of like force anyone into like giving up their name, either we're going to do this, we should do gender neutral scouts or we should just make everybody be Girl Scouts. Right. Yeah. Well, then that probably won't happen. <laughs> Balance though. out like, you know, a few hundred years of history. But I nice. feel like it's funny because I remember when the whole thing was about like gays being, just, gay boys being discriminated against in the Boy Scouts like years ago. And now it's the girls can join us. So that's that's progress for the, the Scouts. I think it should just be Scouts. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that you're right. That just happened this week. And I think conversations about this are, you know, expanding everywhere, not just in the Girl Scouts and not just politically, but in the media. And yeah, who do we see in the media right now? Do you think who would be representative of TV? I feel like has been doing a really good job of getting uh, inclusivity on on screen. I know um, Asia Kate Dillon uh, is the first non-binary, the first non-binary actor in a non-binary role on a major TV show. And that is huge. Asia has really paved the way for non-binary identities. And then shows like Shameless and shows like The Fosters mm-hmm. have really started embracing uh, these other identities. And, and uh, um, Roseanne, the reboot. The reboot, yeah. The reboot of Roseanne uh, may introduce a gender-fluid character on it, which is great. Yeah, they're getting a lot of backlash for that, too. They I mean, are. Of course. Yep, that's how everything are. starts, right? Um, Gotta get the backlash, I guess, to get the mm-hmm. attention. There's a lot of people who you know have their very strong opinions about things, which is fine. Film, on the other hand, doesn't seem to be as forward moving in that I mean as far that's as that's why you're here that's why we're here because <laughs> as far as we can tell as from all of our research um, L will be one of the first films if not the first film to star a gender non-binary actor in a non- gender non-binary role there have been other films that touch on this but it really hasn't we haven't seen anybody in the forefront of that role and so L will hopefully be one of the first yes people can check it out on your website yes lthemovie.com lthemovie.com like the letter lthemovie.com okay congratulations on that everyone check that out and then also I wanted to ask Jacob and Donnie so let's say and Max of course if people are like let's say people are living with working with have friends that are thinking like I'm not sure maybe they're gender fluid I can't really tell I don't really know how to approach it with them or talk about it because it can be like I didn't even today I'm like how do I mess up? are they are they they are they there am I gonna mess up call you guys something wrong which I already did I'm like you're cisgender I'm not cisgender it's very confusing and even I think I know a little bit more than most how would you recommend that people kind of bring up these conversations when they're like I don't even because you'd welcome it I'm sure right you guys are all about educating and like let me yeah yeah I mean, for me, like the number one rule is just like, be chill. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's like oversimplified, but I, I can explain a little bit more yeah, about yeah. what that means. But like the hardest part a lot of times about like being gender nonconforming and especially being like trans feminine in public is just like managing other people's anxiety. Yeah. Right? It's like, so I, true. I walk into a room and I can just like feel everyone being like, oh God, is this okay? Is everything okay? What's going on? I'm just, and I have to be like, it's fine, everybody. Everything's cool. I'm here. It's all going to be fine. Like you don't have to like, you don't, you don't have to like go scramble and change everything, like the whole layout of the room all of a sudden, you know, like. I think that it's about it's about like having you kind of like a, a chill and a real confidence that like you care about this person. And so even if you like mess up, you don't have to be it doesn't have to be like, 
if like if you use the wrong pronoun or something for a sec, it doesn't have to be like, oh God, I just like mortally offended you. It can yeah. be more like, oh, sorry about that. Wait, which one do you use? Oh, okay, cool. And then just like work on it. I don't think of myself, other people may think of me this way, but I don't think of myself as some like big, scary, non-binary ogre walking into the room being like, if anyone messes up, I will destroy you, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I just think it's it's like be yeah, chill. And, and the other thing I will say is like, if you've got questions, Asking someone is great, but the even better thing is that there's this thing called Wikipedia and like you can do some research before, you know, it's like, I feel like making it an accepting environment for someone. is like being a good like hotel concierge, you know, like you think of shit before other people, you do a little work in advance of like helping someone else feel welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if I'm your client and you're trying to make me feel welcome, like you're going to want to know a little bit about me. You're going to want to know a little bit about my, or if you're having me on your podcast, you're going to read my bio before I come on, you know, watch your videos. Yeah. And so it's like, you can do this. The same thing like you can actually do a little bit of like prep and like you know if you're confused about okay well what's this versus this versus this like you don't have to necessarily ask the person right away you can like do a little bit of reading and a little research so that you have a more informed conversation mm-hmm. to have and people will totally appreciate that because I can't tell you how many times people are very well meaning but I'll be like at a gala like drinking some wine in like a gorgeous floor length gown and I'm trying to like network and hustle and do my career thing and then I end up giving someone like a, a gender queer 101 like at the you know Beverly Hilton right. I'm just like, I want to be like eating a, a like, right. you know, my dinner, not like giving a what, like gender 101 here. Yeah. Like I've literally made videos about it. You can just go watch that. You, you know, that. Where, where, where can people find your videos or we can also link to them on the site. Yeah. Them. So um, I did a whole sort of like uh, informative series for NBC News a year back called Queer 2.0. Um, and there's a bunch of videos there that, that, really that touch on all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, if you just go to my website, jacobtobio.com, I have a whole bunch of different articles I've oh, written perfect. about all kinds of That's a great topics. place to start. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to answer this as well or Donnie how you would like to be approached and also I want to know like what do you think is the biggest misunderstanding that people have that was my next question if you want to most of them I've gotten is like so you you are a girl or a boy right or you, what do you want to be and I'm just like I always go like I am me okay like calm down I'm me <laughs> Uh, I can get a little bit feisty sometimes because I've been I've been approached a little bit aggressively sometimes. So and I have that Middle Eastern from yes. my mother, you know. I'm very like I stand my ground. I'm very protective of myself, but I'm also all about inviting. You know what I mean? Right. I'm very inviting. So I I get a lot of that, but I'm always open. But it happens when I'm at a bar with my friends. We've talked about this in our gender talk for L. It's, it mostly is like at parties or when it's like a lot of cisgender because uh-huh. I have a lot of cisgender friends. Uh, usually it's bars I get approached a lot and and that's when I'm like, okay, I, I kind of want to enjoy with my friends mm-hmm. and then there's always one who's like, what are you? And I'm just like, okay, let's right. have a cigarette and let's talk then. Right. You know, but I actually just want to enjoy my I time. Know, I get it. But then I'm like, I, every day I'm always to someone. Uh, I feel like I always have to explain myself. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Because someone asks every day. Not just much. ask, but yeah, most of the time ask, yeah, but also approaches in mm-hmm. a, yeah, it can, yeah, you know what I mean, right? It's exhausting. Like, I always like joke with my friends that I'm like, oh yeah, like when I, like being famous is going to be easy, like when I get there, you know, like because... They just they just want to take a picture with you, but now it's like you got to talk. Well, yeah, and also like, also like everyone's like, you know, everyone's already staring at me. 
you know? Yeah. So it's like people like I'll go on, like well, I'll go on the subway with friends who haven't walked around in public with me before when I'm presenting really in, very uh-huh. feminine, you know, like this is, I would say like the outfit I'm wearing now, it's like a, a cute little femme-ish right. of center blazer and then like some lipstick and some eyeliner and some earrings right. and, you know, necklace. Like this outfit I'd probably say is like a five out of 10 on mm-hmm. the like getting stared at scale. Right. But if I just wear a straight up summer dress, <laughs> like, and I walk down the street, I mean, it's like, it's nonstop eyeballs, you yeah. know, a few cat calls, a few slurs, you know, like it's, and, and my friends will be like, oh my gosh, how do you deal with that? And I'll be like, they were looking at me. What? Right. It's like, yeah, you just, block I just it. zoned it out. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, like once I'm like, you know, once I'm like in movies and, and, and like, you know, get yeah. where I'm going in my career, I'll be like, oh, it's fine. It's whatever. People already stared right. at me at lunch. Now yeah. they're just staring at me because they buy, buy my stuff. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They stare a lot. And I, I'm, I'm beyond that point too now where I've just, I just zone out right. and I just don't care even though it's negative or positive. I, I, you know, I just, cause I mean, I'm wearing pretty like chill outfit, but I mean, I got my heels on. But it's fabulous. And oh, it took me years. So <laughs> Sam Adelman, seven years of a hunt. Uh, like, <laughs> like I just those heels can like, you know, get, you know, just some right. energy, negative energy or whatever. But I've just learned to zone it right. out and I just can't do it and anymore. Do you, you know? Right. Right. Cause it took so That's many healthy, years to wear these it. heels. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's a great conversation. We've said a lot here. I love it. Emails. Okay, if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, that's amazing. There's two ways you can do it. You can text 797979. One word, you're going to text Ask Emily. And then you're going to get a message back and it's going to have a link where you're going to be able to ask your question or you can go to sexwithemily.com via the Ask Emily tab. And as always, please include your gender, your age, where you live and how you listen to the show. Dear Emily, I started to explore my gender fluidity just prior to getting serious with my now wife. I'm not sure I totally figured it out beforehand and my wife is aware of it. She's not on board with me exploring as she views it as cheating. Any recommendations on how to drive the conversation with her? Thank you, Dan. I think just he's gender fluid and he got married and she kind of knows about it and he wants to be able to... um explore I guess I guess which which is more like I could see her seeing that as cheating like we signed up for monogamy you're my husband if he feels that he's gender fluid then he's not going to be able to probably just kind of cut that part right you guys can't just stop I think if you're in a monogamous relationship and you've committed to a monogamous relationship and you're with and your partner understood it as monogamous like it's fair for them to say I don't want you like fucking other people even if you, even if there's a part of you that you feel you feel you need to explore, like that's part of what comes with monogamy is like you kind of agree to right. explore all of the parts of yourself with the person you're with, you yeah, know. Right. And and I mean, like, it, you know, if what that means for the relationship, I don't exactly know. But I do feel like, you know, if you if you committed to monogamy and like you're tried and you talk to your partner about maybe opening things up and they're not into that, like gender fluid or not, like that's something you have to address as a right. as a couple. I would say yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's not even a gender fluid issue. It's more like the mm-hmm. people who email me every yeah. day saying I want to have a threesome or an open relationship. My partner's not on board. So there's a lot more going, you know, damn. Yeah, I don't going feel like you here. get a pass. Like just because you're <laughs> like experimenting with your gender identity doesn't mean you get to like break the rules of your relationship. Right. Like without, you know, in a non like in a way that's non sensual with your partner exactly and I think that she might also be very confused right now if there's something that she said that she was aware of it but there's a lot of education that goes into it so maybe I I think therapy would be really useful finding a really good therapist that understands this that can kind of help your wife understand what you're going through and it's not just like a choice that it's truly who you are and finding ways to deal with it so one of our other endorsers for the film is Dara Hoffman Fox who is a licensed gender therapist and she is Amazing. Oh, good. Okay. Amazing. Where is she? 
Um, can people can she like do Skype calls or? Yeah, I've skyped with Dara many times. Cool. Um, that's good. Okay, Dan, Dara Hoffman. Dara Hoffman Fox. Yeah. Okay, Dara Hoffman Fox. Which, Dara actually, I guess now is a good time. Dara actually wrote this oh. new book that just got released. I think this week. Wow. It's called You and Your Gender Identity, A Guide to Discovery by Dara Hoffman Fox. And we all signed this and this is for you. Oh, thank so you. you. Oh, have, I'm so excited. You can have that. Well, you guys are going to leave with a bunch of sex toys. Yes. Thank it's, you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Quid pro quo. Like, can we just finish this? I showed him a little flash. This. I like, thank you. I need no, this. No, so this, I mean, it may it may be able to, I've skimmed through it. I haven't been able to get through the whole book thank just you. yet. Uh, but it's brand new, hot off the, sh- the, the presses. Um, and it's Suck a great. It. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. yeah. We'll put this on the. The site as well. A Great. link if you want to read yeah. more. I think it's good that he talks to a, a therapist because maybe he's gender fluid. Also, he probably he's meaning also that he wants to explore with himself. Like maybe he right. wants to wear a dress, you know. Well, that You're right. It might yeah. not just be sexually. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. he might be one, attracted point, to, he, maybe he wants to try with a male in a dress. You never know. Yeah, like, I if know he's, you're right. If Thank he's you. mentioning gender fluid, I think he should talk to a therapist. Yeah. Like Jacob yeah. I said, think so it's, too. it's something between him and his wife. They need to figure that out. Good point. Okay, another question. Dear Emily, as a male who identified as bisexual for many years, I get confused with all the terms out there describing people and their identity. Enough so at this point, I question it if I identify myself correctly. Normally, I don't like to label myself or anyone as we are who we are. It's become difficult to meet and date people because they use labels and tend to want to play within their group, so to speak. So I'm perplexed. Do I keep on doing what I do, which is freely enjoying sex with males and females, enjoy playing the feminine side from time to time? I don't find myself attracted to men in a relationship sort of way, only women, but I can easily be sexual with men. The more I look at it, the more confused I get. I just don't know if I should jump on the label bandwagon and identify myself with one or more labels. Any advice would be great. Thank you, Jeff G. There's a whole lot going on there, Jeff G. Um, Well, Jeff, first off, call me. Um, uh, And, you know, I think... I think secondly, labels, like, I I think we have a lot of preoccupation with our labels. Um, And, and... Half of my half of my heart is like it's really important because I'm a writer, and so the words I use to describe myself feel so vital. Mm-hmm. But I think the other, that even that same half of my heart is kind of like, but the idea that we must only choose one word to describe our sexuality, must only choose one word to describe our gender identity. I mean, it, it frankly it feels like bullshit to me. I feel like if you're designing like the Google form of life and you're putting in like gender identity, like it's it's like a long form, like 500 word minimum essay question. And I think the same thing is true of your sexuality and your sexual experience. You know, like I think that you don't have to necessarily find one word that sums up conveniently who you are to everyone, nor do you need to have one word in order to find partners that are great for you. Because you can just suss out the energy in the room. Right. You know? so I guess like, he's feeling just the pressure, right? Because. Yeah. Um, and yeah. also, yeah, like don't uh, maybe it's not going to be easier once you find a term either. Like Carmen Carrera said in the new TV show about the models. She says she's passing as a cisgender. And once you do that as a trans woman, there's a whole nother shit show. You know, right, exactly. And yeah. it's the same here. I think. I don't think he, Jeff is going to... He's kind of caught up on the wrong problem. Yeah, like, yeah, he the should be challenge. focusing more on, like, just enjoying and taking moment by moment. You don't have to... Just because you will have a term as a gender queer, whatever, 
it's not going to make it easier for you to make up your mind what you want. Like, mm-hmm. just relax and just meet, just have sex so with energy. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. So maybe and he's part of the movement. He's like, should I jump on the label bandwagon? I think we're saying no. Well, Jeff, there's I mean, a whole nother shit show if you yeah, yeah, do that, I, just so you know. I don't think he has to necessarily. No. But I also think that he also owes it to his partners to to love, like, to, to love or fuck or make love or whatever, whatever he's doing with them without shame or stigma, yeah. right? I think that for me, sometimes when there are people who are having trouble with how to describe their identity, part of it is coming from a place that they have still some residual shame from growing up in a world that makes it difficult to be yes. attracted yes. to the point. same sex or difficult to be gender fluid or diffi- you know, like difficult to sort of embrace your gender or your sexuality. Right. And my thing is, I'm like, you don't have to land on a label, Jeff. What you have to do is ensure that you're loving and fucking without shame and right. and, and empathetically and kindly and consensually and good. No one should feel like they have to like leave your place through the back door or that they're like some right. like small weird side thing. Yeah. Right. Unless of course that's what turns you on. Right. Exactly. Um, we don't judge. But, but, but you know, I think, I think the shame thing. I think people feel shame no matter yeah. what their gender, sexual identity, uh, orientation. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of that shame yeah. of people who are like attracted to me, but then are a little bit ashamed of like taking me out in public yeah. or ashamed of admitting to their friends that they're attracted to me. And that, that feels disastrous. Like, I don't care what word you use to describe yourself, but you need to, if you're going to love me or fuck me, you need to love mm-hmm. me or fuck me without shame. Like own it. Yeah. That's the only way it's high. Okay. Thank you. That's very helpful. Okay. Any, like, how can everyone find you? Everyone. The geared we already talked about like lthemovie.com yeah lthemovie.com all of our uh, our social media handles are at lthemovie2017 okay uh, yeah well um, I'm, well first you can find me through I'm signed with Transgender Talent okay and Thomas okay so that's usually how that's they the find. best way yeah okay uh, or Instagram. Instagram. It's Danny David bitch. Okay. Danny David bitch. Yeah, I'm at um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything at Jacob Tobia. Okay. T O B I A. And also jacobtobia.com. And I do a lot of like public speaking. I, you know, if you want to bring me to your campus, to your community, yeah, to your I think you should, um, you company, speak any of that stuff, you know, I do, I do a lot of that already. I have a robust practice. So hit me up and jacobtobia.com has all the contact information you could want. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here, for being so brave with your stories. Thank and you. I think this has been really helpful for me my audience my listeners so thank you it's been great thank you it's been great (sighs) so fun okay and thank you to my amazing team thank you to Ken Jamie our interns producer Lark Mikey there on the sound and um, (laughs) thanks everyone for listening was it good for you email me feedback at sexwithemily.com I've been traveling a ton, and it's been amazing to see gender neutrality reflected outside of Los Angeles. From clothing stores to public restrooms, people are rejecting the idea that things can only be his or hers. Well, I'm happy to report there's now a vibrator that has dropped those labels as well. Please meet the Crescendo by Mystery Vibe. Crescendo is a bendable vibe with flexible hinges. You can shape it however you want, and it has six motors that let you use it however you want. Men or women can use Crescendo alone or together. Trust me, there are so many fun ways to use this toy, I can't even get into them all here. You have to check it out. It's like you're getting a bunch of toys in one vibrator. I've been using mine for a while now, and I know I still haven't scratched the surface. Crescendo by Mystery Vibe. No labels, no limits. To order yours, visit mysteryvibe.com slash Emily.